Welcome to the Single Well Podcast. My name is Dr. Mila and I am a family doctor turned wellness transformation coach. I created the Single Well for Christian single women and moms who want to learn how to simply incorporate wellness practices into their daily lives. After having a baby, getting divorced, and years of struggling with weight gain and declining health, I went searching for a natural weight loss solution. But instead, I discovered that true health was found in leveraging my spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, and relational wellness. Listen in to gain the tools and mindset to start developing your own unique wellness strategy. Let's do this. Please note, the information shared on the Single Well Podcast is meant for informational purposes only and is not meant to replace the advice of your personal physician or healthcare practitioner. Please consult your personal medical professional before embarking on or implementing anything discussed on the podcast. to Pivot and Bloom, where you will be empowered to change your mindset, flourish in your body, and fully engage in your own wellness revolution. I am your host, Camila Marie, MD. The content shared in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Be sure to always consult with your physician on any and all of your personal health matters. series on my personal transformation. Um, This episode is about a pivot to self-preservation. And I'd like to start by saying that a lot of times we talk about self-care, I talk about self-care, and that's important. Um, But I like to distinguish that from self-preservation, which I've done previously on the podcast. But for this purposes of this, this is a more personal story of my own journey with this. Um, Self-care to me has always meant, of course, taking care of yourself, doing those things that um, help you to rest, relax and restore, um, you know, in those things that are comforting to you. So a lot of times we think superficially of having, you know, our nails done and getting massages and reading a book or whatever that might look like for you. And that those are totally valid things, things that we we need to do. And, you know, whatever that looks like for you is great. But when we talk about self-preservation, we talk about actually preserving ourselves, preserving our spirit, our soul. Um, And to me, this was something that became very important as I started to think about transitioning, um, because self-preservation is arguably more important um, and more vital to your life than self-care overall, because self-preservation means I'm doing something to prevent 
um, a bad outcome in essence. So when I think of self-preservation, I think of like those health issues that come up and those feelings like something isn't sitting well with my spirit or with my soul um, that I need to change or fix or, you know, preserve myself in a sense to help prevent myself from going down a bad spiral. And so for me, um, that looked like being really in tune to my health. So um, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I made a huge wellness pivot, wellness transformation about four years ago now um, into a ketogenic lifestyle and intermittent fasting and just learning the foods that would nourish my body properly. And I say my body very intentionally because the foods that nourish me may not nourish someone else the same way. But it's, in essence, it's about getting rid of processed foods, getting rid of um containers and things for my foods that may not be serving me well, things that I cook my food in, the things I put in my hair, the lotions and creams I put on my body and so forth and so on. But I found that it was so much deeper than that. I found that my wellness involved a lot of those internal things that we don't think about all the time. And something that came up for me was, you know, chronic back and neck pain, um, heart palpitations, Um, stomach problems, you know, reflux, um, heartburn, things like that, that I, when I really started paying attention to them, they um, were coming on when I was severely stressed. So the first time I remember having really bad acid reflux was back when I was in medical school. And I remember it was a time when I was going through a tough time with board exams and had to take it over. And, you know, I was just stressed about that. And I had to sit out for a little while to get that done. And I just remember having these severe chest pains. Um, And a lot of times in the medical community, when we see someone with chest pain, um, we think of it as something serious. And you should, too. So if you're having chest pain, by all means, definitely go see your doctor and get that checked out. Um, preferably if it's an acute or recent um, development, you may need to be seen in the ER. But I'll take off my medical hat for now. But chest pain is very serious. But in my case, it was something that came on gradually. And it would happen when I had these reflux symptoms. So reflux is kind of like indigestion. If you've not had it, it's this feeling of just burning in your chest, sometimes in your throat. Um, Sometimes it can be a burning in your stomach or, you know, just a discomfort after eating, um, immediately after eating in most cases that will come up. And a lot of people take medications for it. It's a very common problem. But for me, I tend to notice it more when I'm stressed. There are certain foods and things that trigger it for me, but um, it, it tends to come on more when I'm stressed. And along with that, I would get this really bad chest pain that would just not not only be in my chest, but go through to my upper back. Um, and the funny thing was that when I changed my lifestyle four years ago, it completely went away. Um, I didn't have it ever, all the time throughout the years, but it would come back periodically. Um, but, you know, I noticed that when I changed my lifestyle, it just kind of went away forever until I started feeling stressed again or until I started feeling more consistent stress. And so um, I can't say for sure what the source of that stress was, but there was a lot of things going on in my life over the last six to seven years. You know, Um, I went through a divorce and I had a baby and, you know, we kind of had to restart our lives in a lot of ways um, then and now. And 
you know, there's always these things going on that just cause us to feel stress. You know, on top of that, having um, a very high intensity job, a very high responsibility career where I'm responsible for people's lives, which I totally feel blessed to have been able to do. Um, but it, it takes its toll. It's, it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of worrying, a lot of anxiety, um, which I'll talk about in a minute. And so I noticed that this was getting worse. And I was like, hmm, you know, something I need to do about this. Now, as most doctors would tell you, we are the worst patients in the world. And so, you know, the obvious thing would have been to go and get it checked out. And if I needed a medicine, get a medicine. But I just didn't want to go that route for me personally. So I chose to figure out what was going on with it. So I've, you know, worked with it. I, I make sure my, try to make sure my diet is the way that I know my body functions the best. But of course, I'm human, so that doesn't always happen. But when I do that, it does get better. But I also knew that if it was happening more often, there was probably some adjustments I needed to make in my lifestyle. And ultimately, that led to making adjustments in my career. Um, something else I dealt with was heart palpitations, um, feeling anxious, feeling um, like a sense of what we call impending doom, where you're sitting there and all of a sudden you feel like something's wrong, um, something has to be wrong, something's going on, but you can't put your finger on why you feel like that. Um, and, it, and a lot of times when I could put my finger on it, it'd be something minor, something that shouldn't evoke that type of reaction, but I would have it. Um, and I started to notice that this would cause me to shake sometimes and I would feel kind of you know, panicky, um, in a sense. And so it didn't happen a lot, but when it did, it was like this over stimulation feeling, this overstimulated feeling that I would get. And, um, when it did happen, it was usually in response to something that was, that was stressful, maybe not in that moment, but around that time. Um, and I had to think about like what that would affect that was going to have. And so when you think about these two symptoms or these things that a lot of us deal with, um, it's not so much that you're having a symptom. Cause a lot of times we say, okay, I have this symptom. There's a way to treat it. I mentioned that earlier. You can go to the doctor and get a prescription and then you're fine. But I really wanted to get to the bottom of it because I know that, I shouldn't have to live with that. My body shouldn't just automatically do that. And, and I wanted to know why it was doing that. And so I had to really dive deep um, to figure out what was causing that. Same thing with my back. Um, I've had back problems since I had an accident when I was, car accident when I was 16 or 17. Um, and it kind of caused some problems with the muscles in my back that I've dealt with over the years. Um, but as a, as a child, I also had tense neck muscles. I used to get the neck spasms, you know, where I couldn't go to school because my neck was tight. And I think back on that time, and it's funny because it would happen periodically, and I just thought it was normal. And then it would get better, and I wouldn't have to deal with it for a long time. But I noticed over the last five or six years, it just got to where it would hurt and it would hurt all the time and it would get better with yoga and breathing and meditation and, and consistent prayer um, and all of that. But if I just kind of went through life and didn't address it, it just got worse and worse to the point where there were times when my whole entire back would hurt and be tight and tense and just feel, you know, um, like you know, like something I couldn't deal with. And I, and I, again, I don't like to take medication, so I wouldn't take anything. I would just kind of let it ride out. 
And um, eventually it would get better. I'd get a massage. I would start doing those wellness practices again and it would improve. But again, I'm like, why am I having this? And so I kind of had to really step back and look at everything and look at how I was spending my time and how I was parenting and how I was um, showing up for other things, showing up for things I volunteered at, showing up at events, showing up for everything else in my life, showing up for my family members, showing up for my friends. And um, I I started to realize that a lot was riding on work. You know, I was working um, and having a lot of energy focused in on my work and not so much energy focused outwards on my family and friends and the things that I enjoyed. So like, I like to do creative things. I like to make gift baskets. Um, I like to paint and I used to like to draw. I need to get back into that. Um, I can play the piano. I haven't done that in forever. So don't ask me to play anything for you. But you know, those kind of things that I just haven't done, haven't tapped into, I had kind of let them all go by the wayside. And in that, um, you know, was focusing a lot of my life and my attention on the high intensity work that I was doing. And so, of course, it's not easy to make that decision like, okay, I have to do that. And it wasn't an overnight decision of, you know, okay, I have to leave. Um, But it's something that really played a role in, you know, deciding what was best for me. Um, And I I bring this story to you because self-preservation is so important. Um, if you are, we only get one life, we only get one body. And if you are feeling like this in any way, you're feeling just constantly overwhelmed, your body hurts, you have these different ailments, by all means, definitely make sure you're in touch with your doctor, make sure you're in communication with, with him or her, that they can help you um, to sort out what kind of Um, problems you may be having because there are some things that can be treated and and, and remedied. But you also want to think about the root cause of what's going on. What's causing that feeling of uncertainty and that feeling of, you know, um, pain and and palpitations and just being unsettled? What's causing that for you? Um, And and, and you can find that um, in your... uh, root cause assessment, so to speak, finding what things are going on in your life that are causing your body to react in the way that it's reacting. And I'm not saying that all ailments are a sign of mental and emotional stress, but a lot of times they contribute. Um, And for me, they certainly did. So when I think about self-preservation, I think about that. And I think about if I hadn't done what I've done, if I hadn't decided to follow my purpose, if I hadn't um, really taken a look at that and how it would affect the uh, stress was having on me, um, how my health would have um, suffered down the road. Um, We do know that stress plays a significant role in a lot of chronic diseases and chronic pain and things like that. So there's a lot of people walking around with ailments that largely have to do with the stress that they've endured, even from childhood, which, you know, is hard for them to pinpoint and and think about. But, you know, there's just these things that we walk around with that can create um, negative health effects. And for me, um, I just decided that I wanted to try to remedy that as best I could. And one of the ways to do that was to really take a a deep look at how I was feeling and what kind of things my body was telling me about the situations that I was in. Um, And like I said, it doesn't have much to do with, you know, saying anything, you know, negative about what I did because I was blessed to have a very long um, medical 
career in seeing patients, being a family doctor, being invited into people's families and into their lives in a way that most people don't get a chance to do. But when it started to take its toll um, on me, I had to really think about um, my life and how I wanted to live it. Uh, So I encourage you to do the same. I encourage you to just think about how you feel most of the time. You know, a lot of times our bodies are, our bodies are resilient and will work towards keeping us at a baseline, keeping us steady. And so we won't notice some of those symptoms and pains and aches that we would notice if we were really paying attention to it. A lot of times we just want to treat it and and make it go away and take a medicine and move on. But I encourage you to really look at those things deeply, really value your self-preservation, really value your body and the life that you've been given. And as always, take care of you. This has been Pivot and Bloom with Camila Marie, MD. If you loved what you heard in this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever your pods are cast and leave a review on iTunes. Until next time. This has been the Single Well Podcast. For more information on what you just heard, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Single Well, or you can email us at thesinglewell at gmail.com.